BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to Raising Good Humans. I'm your host, Aliza Pressman, developmental psychologist and mother of two. And I'm here with Zoe, who is... (laughs) A mother of three boys. Yes. By the way, and founder of This Is About Humanity, a nonprofit. Welcome, Zoe. Thank you, Eliza. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what's happening. And also, let's discuss your boys. Give us a picture. So, even I though I know them. Three boys. <laughs> yes. I call Eliza at all hours to discuss my situations, my problems, my needs. My three boys. So, Ace is seven, Jules is three, and Gus. August is one. And August will be two in May and Jules will be four in May. So it's a full house and insane, but also the best, the best ever. And I can't imagine having less. (laughs) Well, (laughs) are you having more? I don't know. No, I don't know. Rob the other day was like, I think we should have one more. Really? Yeah. Wow. I don't know, though. Why not? We'll see. I mean, why not? I'm like, I'm worried that like (laughs) also with three, one of them is constantly like not getting what they need, which you can help me with. Oh, but with four, they definitely won't. So who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's like you won't even feel conflicted. True. Maybe they'll be better off. I don't know. We'll see. Right. (laughs) Who are we talking about first? I think I really need to discuss August, (sighs) who is... 22 months. 22 months. He is extremely, extremely strong. Like he, he emotionally just- Emotionally strong. Everything. Physically, emotionally, he does not waver. He doesn't cower to his brothers. He is just a boss and he's going to be <laughs> the end of me. And if he was my first child, I don't even know what I would do. I think I, I don't know if I would have more. He, can I ask you something? Is yeah. he anxious at all? At all? Or is he like a dive in and do? He's a dive in and do, but he does have severe separation anxiety with me Mm -hmm. so that I was trying to figure it out and think like, oh, wow, do I not? Because I leave the house in the morning and between this is about humanity and my other two boys, I'm taking each of them to their schools. I'm doing the auction at Crossroads. I'm doing like all this stuff. Are you still teaching? No, not teaching anymore. And so I thought maybe he was not getting enough of me, but even when we're together at all times, he's still, everything is either a scream or he literally will make himself throw up, stick his fingers in his throat, make himself throw up. And then he'll say, I throw up. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm struggling beyond because I cannot sleep train him. So sometimes it takes me two hours to put him to sleep. I did sleep train him at five months. Everything was great. And then he figured out one day that, like, if he cried hard enough and, like, stuck his blankie in his mouth, he would throw up. And now it, it happens a lot. So he throw, he makes himself throw up whenever he tantrums and he's waiting yes, for a response. Yes, usually it's only in his crib. But this weekend we were away in Palm Springs with all three kids and my husband and some friends. My husband kept saying to me, like, relax, have a drink. And I would be like, are you okay? There is 0.0 relaxing going on. I'm running around making sure my kids don't drown or like walk out the front door of this I'm house. Not, it's not vacation no, at this age. No, no, And And as much as I love my husband, he's like, I'm here, I'm, I'm gonna help. And he is helpful. It's just like, Gus just wants me. So it's just like, you know, I'm like in the pool, out of the pool, making lunch. You know, it's just insanity. So he usually goes to sleep around 6.30. But since we were on vacation, I decided I would take him with me to go pick up some lunch, let him fall asleep. He was upset because he didn't want to get in the car seat. I put him in the car seat. He proceeded to throw up. By the way, my one of my friends from growing up is next to me, like looking at me like, (laughs) what is happening? 
Does she have kids? She has one daughter who's now, you know, nine. So it was very different. And I pulled over. I talked to him. I took him out. I said, August, it's really important that you sit in your car seat. We need to be safe. I put him back in his car seat. I literally, like, I'm, like, pulled over on the side of the road, sweating. It's, we're in the desert. It's 80 million degrees. People are, like, driving by me, staring at me because he's screaming so loud. He won't go in the car seat. I force him in the car seat, put it on, start driving, and he vomits everywhere. Then I get out of the car. Then I get out. I look. I try to clean him up. I take off his shirt, get back in the car, keep driving. I mean, I'm, like, in the middle Is of the Is he casual about it? Like, he's, like, No, he's I screaming, up, crying. Or he throws up, then screams. Screams and cries. Then he did it again, and I was like, I have to get out of the middle of the street. I'm just, I'm just going to keep driving. So I kept driving. He had vomit on him. <laughs> I was, like, mortified and horrified, and I was like, just remember that if you stay calm, they'll stay calm. But I, I'm not a calm person, so it was very stressful. <laughs> also, you, they might not stay calm if you stay calm, but at least right. they have somebody calm. Then he, then he fell asleep. Great. I mean, you did I mean, You did great, frankly. But then we were on our way back from like stopping at the pharmacy in the lunch place. And I saw that his eyes were open, but he was like staring off into space. And we were actually on the phone with my other best friend, Annie, and Lindsay was next to me. And I was like, he's not blinking. He's not blinking. And... <laughs> Lindsay was like, he's blinking. And I was like, he's not. And I pulled over, got out of the car. I was like, August, August. All while Annie and Lindsay are continuing to still talk about like school applications. Neither of them. They're not remotely concerned. Not concerned. Like think I'm insane. And then like I shake him and he's like, he like looked at me like, are you insane? And then I come back in. I was like, you guys, he's fine. And they were like, we know. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know what to do because I don't want to give in to him. But I also feel like he's clearly needing something from me. So help. <laughs> uh, you did really well, I have to say. Because if you did, even if he needs something from you, which he always will, connection and all of those things that you'll do at other times, when he's not getting what he wants from you, he is a learned behavior of tantruming and puking, mm-hmm. which is a brilliant thing to do. Mm-hmm. But it's behavioral. Okay. He doesn't have... I assume you talked to the pediatrician. 75 times. Yes. <laughs> if I know you, we've... We're on a texting basis, my Dr. Peter and I. He loves me. <laughs> so we know there's no physiological issue. This is learned behavior, and the only way to deal with it is to unlearn it. Okay. And so he probably has... We're learning about his temperament. He's definitely, of your kids, probably the most possibly spirited. Yeah, he's very headstrong. They all are, which is... is Shocking to me because I thought like one was supposed to be more passive. <laughs> You're four. Three of them are insane. <laughs> Little James is the cutest baby and children's clothing brand. In fact, when I saw all the options and I wanted to pick some out, I called upon my coolest, most fashionable new mom friend. And she couldn't get enough of them. So I sent her a big old box and her baby looks adorable because Little James is a clothing line that is founded on the belief that fashion and functionality can perfectly coexist. And it's made with eco-friendly fibers and really high quality fabrics with hand-drawn patterns. So it offers simple, economical, and versatile options for babies, toddlers, and growing children. But it also offers really cool fashion that is timeless and the clothing is easy to put on so that kids can actually get themselves dressed and are excited to pick out their clothes. The threads are made with the earth in mind so the ingredients are pure and non-toxic with organic fibers and recyclable materials. So moms feel good about what they're putting on their babies and kids feel good about what they're wearing. And also, wouldn't it be great if your kid picked out an outfit that you also loved? With Little James, no matter what they mix and match together, it all looks cool. Hand-drawn patterns and affordable, high-quality fashion. So visit www.littlejames.com. C-L-O-T-H-I-N-G dot com and use the code RGH20 for 20% off. That's www.littlejamesclothing.com 
And of course, use the code RGH20 for 20% off and go have fun. I think that the the great thing about something happening in a car seat in general, whenever anything happens, is that you know the boundary is they have to be in their car seat. Mm -hmm. So you have to do things that you might normally feel bad about doing, like just keep driving when he's throwing up and crying until he falls asleep. What about the fact that he fully unbuckles the top buckle of his car seat? (laughs) Okay, well, that you're going to have to buy a, a safety thing for it. Okay. But also explain to him, like, this is for your safety, as you did. And so this is non-negotiable and you'll just keep doing that and it'll keep repeating. You're, you're not giving in at all because this is a situation where you have no choice. So it's the best situation because you're never going to be like, eh, okay, don't worry. Don't right. be in your car seat. Right. So you've stated how important it is. I wouldn't even pull over to remind him of that when he's freaking out because that's when his brain is in fight or flight mode and he has no resources for thinking whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a waste of your time. You may okay. as well just do your own deep breathing and get through and know that he's breathing and he's okay. And then when you have a chance and you pull over and you're wherever your destination is, then clean him up and be pretty casual about it. Like, as what is his phrase when he throws I up? I throw up. I throw up. <laughs> you throw up. We'll clean it up. And that's it. You're not mad at him for it, but it's like, it's a little bit like, think of it as sadly, but just as burping his feelings out. (laughs) And that's it. And it's just what he did. But that way you're not going to reinforce it and it'll subside because it seems like this is his temperament and he has to learn how to manage his emotions. That's going to be his task. This literally might be TMI, but every time I go to the bathroom, (laughs) he literally will come with me and drag me off of the toilet. And I keep, I just say to him, like, mommy has to pee. Like, I'm going to the bathroom and you you Oof. have to wait. But he screams and pulls me. So when he screams and pulls you, do you give up and go? No, I'm like pee? mid-pee. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I do the best I can, but there's nothing I can do. I mean. Could you close the door of the bathroom and say mommy's peeing by herself? And, oh my God, that I could And not. he would just flip out, but then you would remind him, I'm just going potty and then I'm coming out. I don't know. I feel like I couldn't do that. Why? I don't know. Because you if, feel bad. Especially if I'm, if I'm alone in the right. house. Right. Well, if him. his body's yeah, not yeah. safe. Right. I mean, I guess I could. He just like, it's it's his way or the highway. Right. Like the other day in the, when we were in the pool in Palm Springs, and you can just stop me when I have like too many examples, but nope, it sounds- I was in the pool and he wanted me to get out of the pool. And Rob and I were both in the pool with the other two kids. And I was watching something that my middle was doing, Jules, and he was screaming for me to get out of the pool. And I said, I'm in the pool right now. And when I'm done, I'll get out. But like, Rob was looking at me like, get out of the pool. No way. Right. Because he didn't want to hear it. Also, we were like at a friend's house. And it's disruptive. All of their children are, you know, the youngest of all their kids is five. So we came in like with, (laughs) you know. And my friend's husband, Lindsay's husband, John, was like, is he your your toughest? I was like, yeah, John, (laughs) he's my toughest. So what sets him off is always just not controlling things. Right. And if he's alone with you, does it happen less? No. It doesn't matter. Does not matter. He's just— I could fill his that his tank up. We and, can have some alone time. It does not matter. So that means you are doing all of those things. You're empathizing. You're filling his tank. You're connecting. And then it's like he's going to have to learn those management tools. Right. And that's it. And it's just going to be kind of ugly in the process. But I think too much more than that and too much talking about it isn't going to help him. Okay. I know that's not. And what about if he throws up in his crib? It is painful for me to say this as a mother because I know that that is so disgusting. What I'm about to say is so disgusting, but it's not a punishment. It's just if he throws up in his crib, you basically have two choices. One, let him, you know, he's fine and just let him fall asleep and kind of clean around him afterwards or to just don't go in. Oh my God. I know. Really? Yeah. Okay. I know it's gross and it seems horrible, but it's a learned behavior. Well, it's just behavior. like a lot of, it's a lot of throw up. It's not just like a simple spit up. Right. No, I, I can imagine. And that is like really, it's a ridiculous advice because I know that nobody what will listen to What age do they grow it. out of that? It, he could grow out of it in three weeks. He could grow out of it in three years. It depends on how much reinforcement he gets. (laughs) But if you aren't cleaning it up and you're not punishing him, because a lot of people, which is 
not something you would even consider, but a lot of people punish kids when they do that. No. Or they make them clean it up for all sorts of awful things. No. I hold him, and, like, I think that that's the problem. Yes. Because at first I thought, oh, my gosh, he's sick or he's throwing up, and so we would— you know, I would just hold him till he fell asleep, which could be l- legitimately two hours. Uh, He'll fall asleep in my arms, but then if I put him down, he wakes up screaming. Oh, definitely don't hold him afterwards okay. because then it's a reinforcement right. that that's how he gets more time right. to cuddle, which doesn't mean that you're not helping him right. meet his needs because I know you're cuddling plenty. Yes. This is just one of those things where you have to get comfortable with the grossness of the next few weeks. And is a tantrum, like, is letting a almost two-year-old have a tantrum just, like, making sure he's safe, but letting him just cry and just going about whatever it is I'm doing? Not, like, in the crib, but, for instance, like, if I don't want to get out of the pool or if I'm peeing or if I'm making dinner and he just, he's always says, hold me, hold, he wants me to hold him all the time. And if I put him down, is that just, like, continuing what I'm doing and saying, like, I'm right here. I hear you. Yeah, you're empathizing. You can say how you know he you you think he might be feeling. You want mommy to hold you want mommy to hold you right now. I can't, I'm cooking. But then you've done the work. Like you can't change how he feels or how he expresses how he feels. You can only control how you respond. So if you're responding with empathy, you're present, but you're like, all you're doing is letting him feel his feelings. Otherwise he's not even going to know that it's okay that he has those big feelings. So just let him cry and just keep doing what I'm doing. Keep doing what you're doing. If you were yelling at him or snapping at him or withholding your love for him or your attention those in are that all way. horrifying don't, thoughts. Right. I would never do such a exactly. thing. Exactly. But I just was <laughs> saying it out loud. Not really for you. Okay. But if it's just um, you're allowing him to just experience discomfort, that's a gift. Okay. Unfortunately. It just feels terrible, like right. you're being insensitive. But if you picked him up every time, he won't grow the muscle of knowing that he's going to be just fine being mad that he can't be in your arms all the time. And that's going to go on forever. But it sounds like this is just his temperament. There's nothing <laughs> like—and you can either nurture that temperament so much that— I really don't want to nurture that temperament. I don't, And I think because he's your third, you'll have an easier time being like— listen, you've got this. Okay. <laughs> I've, I've got confidence in you that you're going to be just fine, even though right now you're super mad and you have throw up all over you. Okay. <laughs> and and just letting that be. Okay. And I think it should get better soon, but it's not, this is not the year to be excited about, a, you know, like <laughs> if he's a tantrum-y kind of kid. Right. I think it's just like accept, empathize and move on. Okay. I'm going to try that. <laughs> I literally am. I, I need help. Because and we're going to, in a month, discuss a how month the gonna, puking is going. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about um, jewels? Ugh, jewels. I mean, I'm so obsessed with them. It's, for me, having one was the most anxiety producing because I was so scared to make a mistake and I wanted to be perfect. And I was a preschool teacher for 10 years and I thought like, oh, I got this. And it was really overwhelming for me. So two was really easy. And three, I mean, not easy, but it was easy because I knew that they would sleep and eat. And and three, before he started like moving around and being insane, I was like, I want a fourth. Hands down, I want a fourth. And now I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) Jules is like no one I've ever met before. He's confident and he's funny and he's empathetic and he's all these amazing things that you want your child to be. And then when it comes to his brother, just his baby brother, not Ace. Well, no, they're not Ace. He's obsessed with Ace. It's interesting in my family, Ace is obsessed with Gus, the baby. Mm. Gus is obsessed with Jules and Ace. Jules is obsessed with Ace, but hates Gus. Ace is not great to Jules all the time. But honestly, Ace is like an incredible big brother. He really is. He's sweet and patient. He's a, he's just like a nice kid. Mm-hmm. But Jules cannot stand August. And no matter what I do. <laughs> Has he been like that since he yeah. started moving or I mean, from since the day get-go? one? And I kept saying to Jules, Jules, how would it feel if Ace said that to you? Because Ace is so kind to you and Ace is your big brother. And he would say, no, Ace is so great, mom, but I don't like Gus. <laughs> he just like doesn't. And so, and also like August will go up to him and just hit him, hmm. but they go at it. 
When August goes up to him and hits him, is he doing something to provoke that? No. Is he with you? He's literally just minding he's his just own being. business. Yeah, he's just living. He's just living. But but Jules is very, like August will come in his room and August calls him Julesy and he'll say, Julesy, Julesy. And, and Jules will go, get out of my room. You know, I don't, I don't like you. And it's just like, what just happened? Like, or he'll do something to Gus and then Gus will get mad and then Jules will get mad. And then they're just both screaming, crying, staring at each other, being like, I don't like it. Do they scream and cry and say, I don't like it, but not kill each other? Like, are they physically not danger in danger? No, I mean, Jules will kick Gus sometimes, and Gus will hit Jules sometimes, but like not not anything you're worried about. No, nothing I'm worried about. So, um, so I would never leave Jules and Gus alone for like a long period of time in a room. <laughs> but Ace was never physical, so he would never ever. I never thought for one second that he would even touch Jules unless it was a hug. So it's mm-hmm. all new to me. This like. They wrestle with Rob. They call it WrestlePania, which I think is great. They yeah. do it every night. And Gus is involved too. Gus is super physical though, more so than the others. It will help him in some ways if he can be super physical but learn the boundary. Right. It, which is why wrestling is so good because you learn like really fast when you've pushed right. somebody past right. the line. And they do. And they have two rules, you know, no headshots and no penis shots. <laughs> and, they, <laughs> and they do it every night. And, and I think that, and it, Gus can abide by those rules. I mean, Gus is like barely in there, you right. know. And Rob is, Rob is there for the whole thing, so he's kind of leading it. Mm-hmm. My WrestleMania husband, but I, I do notice that Jules, and I don't know how to explain to him because I try to show him like how kind Ace is, and he just he's like in this stage where he really wants nothing to do with Gus, and all he wants to do all day is be cozy and watch a show with. 30 blankets. Oh, and he still uses a passy, which I know your feelings on. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> He's almost four. I think it's just up to your dentist and how his language is. I I'm I think pacifiers are wonderful. He has a full for a lisp. Time. Okay. And also we're going to the dentist next week. And so Rob on our way to Palm Springs was like, we need to figure out. I didn't give Gus a passy because both Ace and Jules were so obsessed. But they're wonderful for time. Yeah. But I feel like maybe that time has passed. Well, for Gus, he definitely Well, Gus is over. I mean, I meant for Jules, like maybe Maybe that's why Gus is so hard on has such a hard time regulating he never I really think that. Like, does he have a lovey? Yeah, he has lovey. By the way, you I don't mean that. I'm kidding. I really feel that I told Rob that. I literally said that to Rob. I said I think we should give him a passy. And Rob was He's too old. He was like, are you out of your mind? But but he might need some experimental, like, lovey, like, he things so to soothe him. so many lovies that he loves, and he— But the passy is a thing. We're going to make a plan that it's just in his bed at night. Oh, for now, it's not just in his bed? No. <laughs> <laughs> when he comes home from school and he's, like, relaxing, he'll, like, watch a show with it. I would definitely <laughs> tell him the sh- that he has to— he can only have the passy when he's in bed. But then he's going to want to be in his bed all day. Well, <laughs> event, but that he can't watch TV. He'll get bored. Oh, okay. So he can't watch his iPad. No. Day. I mean, what? <laughs> what incentive would he have to ever do anything else? Okay. 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 So I'm on that. I'm, I'm on the passy. But then if you just say, you know, you can have it for sleep because I know. And by the way, the worst thing is he's going to have a lisp until you get him speech therapy. Right. And that already happened. I mean, he definitely <laughs> says like Jules. Right. You know. Okay. Well. It's cute. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing is, is it's infantilizing when he has play dates and stuff. Yes. Yes. So it's nice for him to be able to just know that he can just have that for sleep. Okay. And if you're combining it with TV, I mean, why don't you <laughs> just let that go? Because okay. there's already reward there. And we are, we started no car. He can't have it in the car. Yeah. I think just he can have it in bed and the rest is like, he's turned four. Like, well, that's, not yet. Well, that'll be your. <laughs> okay. But also the dentist. I was going to have the dentist. We're going next Tuesday and I was going to have the dentist. Show a jaw? No. I was just going to have the dentist say, you know, that we have to be all done with the passy because it's not great for your teeth. Oh, are you ready to get rid of it completely? Rob feels like it's like time and. Also, I mean, he's going to be four, so I feel like it, I also agree that it's time, but I don't want it to affect his sleep because he's my only good sleeper. So just have like the— Like, he puts himself to sleep. 
So just have the dentist, <laughs> right, because he's got a pacifier. Yeah. <laughs> so just have the dentist say, okay, now I've looked at your mouth and you you can only have the pacifier in the crib. I mean, in the crib, see? In the bed. <laughs> in the bed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's it, but not outside of the bed. And they listen to doctors in a different kind of way, but he could show him a jaw you know, because it messes with your jaw. I was thinking of calling the dentist. You before. should definitely call the dentist in advance and okay. tell her. I'm going to do that. And then if he wants it, just say, okay, well, you can get in your bed. He's not going to stay in his bed all day. No, especially because not he can't with an do iPad. anything. Yeah. Now I'm going to take the iPad out too. I think iPads can be, if he wants to watch TV, when he says he wants to be cozy, if there's no show, is it like a temperament thing? Is he just like a shy kid? No, he just like wants to get under the blankets with me, lay down and have a passy in all of his blankies and watch a show. Oh. By the way, same. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> it is not no. that different for what right. what I want to do right, right. now <laughs> with you. Yeah. I see. But um, so I would just remove the passy and okay. still have those cuddly moments. But then they have to, I mean, it can't be all day. No, it's just like right when he gets home from school. Yeah, he's tired. Yeah, yeah he's tired. That seems reasonable to me. Okay. And I don't know why people make play dates after school with these little kids. It's so stupid. I because know. Because nobody who, they've, they've given it their, all their energy to not like punch people during the day and follow the rules and they have to be part of a big group. So. Well, he only goes to school from nine to 12. That's a lot for yeah. a small person. Yeah. I mean, it's not. Right. To so us. He does like karate one day. And I noticed the days that like he meets friends at the park. He's a disaster mm. at night. Oh, well, that's yeah. good. Don't do it. Right. So, you know, that's something that we have sort of cut out just because he's so overtired. And by the time it's dinner, he does not even want to eat dinner. He just like wants to get in bed and go to sleep. <laughs> so, so we're working on that. This is an insane, another insane thing. So just tell me if this is not on brand, but what Jules brand? will only wear Nike. A br- an actual brand yeah. because of the check? Because Ace loves Nike, and so he thinks it makes him go extra fast. And so both of my kids, I mean, this was a really horrible parenting moment, but I was like, if you guys aren't going to wear all of the other clothes, then I'm just going to throw away all the Nike. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that you were going to be talking about wanting to wear the same things, but wanting to wear the same brand is not so much a parenting question. It's more, it could teeter on a, it could be a values discussion. I think you could take advantage of it and say, if you're up for it, I feel like you're looking at me like, "Mm, no. Well, I don't think they understand that it's- They don't. Right. So you could take this opportunity to explain that the reason why this Nike brand isn't something they can wear every day is because- when you wear a brand, a particular brand, it costs money. And some brands cost more money than others. And there's something about that that makes you feel like you can't support the idea that they would just want to be advertising one brand or wearing something that everybody knows is more expensive. Here's how I feel. <laughs> you, I, don't, you don't want to tell them about that yet? I mean, I, I just don't want to waste any more time in my morning with them being like, I need to find my Nikes. I need to be all Nike. And also they look weird. So the other option is to say, I don't like the brand Nike at this point because it's not served us. Mm-hmm. We've now obsessed over it and it's ruined my mornings. <laughs> so we're not going to do Nike right now. We're okay. going to get another pair of fast shoes and there's no brand. You know, a lot of schools, maybe you can find out, maybe your schools are like this. Don't allow like shirts and stuff with brands. Yeah, they do allow it. They do? Yeah. That's annoying. Well, then I have no solution for you. (laughs) (laughs) Just, it sucks. Because it's so obnoxious. If you had three girls and they were doing that, you would- A thousand percent. You would care more. Right. Now it's just an inconvenience. Right. Because you know they're not going to grow into kids who are- Right. And also it's that Jules seems to think that Nike, because athletes wear it, makes him go faster. So maybe you can teach Jules about the power of liars and advertising. (laughs) (laughs) No, that seems sad to share with him already. No, But you could actually, does he watch TV with commercials ever? Yeah. I mean, not, yes, but it's like all on Nickelodeon and stuff. Still, those commercials, every time you watch one, you want 
you you can start watching them as a discerning viewer and say, these commercials are written by people who want to make you want something. Can you think of what they want to make you want? And play that game every time you see a commercial. I mean, he calls me in and is always like, mom, I want that. <laughs> so yeah. switch it and get okay. him to learn. Because then actually it's a very helpful tool intellectually. Okay. And it's not even a moral judgment. It's just like, Nobody wants to feel like they're being manipulated into wanting something or thinking something. So if he now views them in a way that's like, oh, somebody did an exercise where they had to convince me of something. Well, I'm not going to be convinced because it wasn't good. Or he might say, you might ask him, you know, if it convinced you, tell me why. And like we can- for a three-year-old? Yeah. Okay. Because they can start to- Okay. Because part of this is also learning to take other people's perspectives and understanding argument and all sorts of really cool things that happen. Actually, that transition happens between three and four. Oh, okay. So it's a good time. And then as you're, you know, like for Ace's age, it's incredible because they have to read people and figure out motive and intention. That's a really important tool to function in this world. And so especially Ace, if you feel like he doesn't read people. Like give me an example. Like if if somebody didn't pass him, you mentioned the basketball. Like oh, he's yeah. playing basketball and nobody passes. Uh, somebody doesn't pass the ball to him, that he takes it as an act of aggression against him. He'll say to me, well, well, Ace is me. We are the same person. And it's very, very hard to see all the things that you want to change so badly in yourself and in this little guy because I really want him to feel... My dad used to describe me as a cupcake that wasn't fully baked. And I feel like Ace is the same. And it breaks my heart to see Ace not feel all of his worth sometimes. So it's very hard to parent like your twin. He's anxious like me. Everything is like he's super in his head. And so he'll say to me, I'll say like, did you did you play with so-and-so? And he'll be like, yeah, but he was really mean to me one time, like one time. By the way, if someone was mean to me, I remember it I till the day I die. I know. <laughs> also, <laughs> I, Nobody should I ever decide, be mean to Zoe. Never. I, until someone's like super nice to me, I don't like them. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, I don't like that person. And then if they're nice to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I love that person. Right. It's an insane quality. It's not insane, but it, it, it's a defense mechanism. It's a defense mechanism. And maybe he'll have an easier time if yeah. he doesn't have that. Right. And so he'll say, I'll say like, well, give me an example. And he'll say, well, we were playing basketball and he didn't pass the ball. And I'll say, well, Ace, that doesn't sound like it's mean. It sounds like maybe he was in his playing his own game. Right. And, he had a different agenda. Right. And so that a lot of times he'll say like this so-and-so's mean to me. On this vacation we were on, there were two older girls. They were eight. And he wanted to do everything they wanted to do. And they wanted some space. They wanted to be girls and have fun. And he was like, it was like watching him try to get in there was so painful. painful. (laughs) And I was getting irritated and impatient. And Rob was like, you have to be more. And it was like, I felt so bad for him that instead of like just sort of letting him figure it out, I was like, Ace, what are you doing? Because you were talking to yourself. Yeah. Like they would, they were doing like a dance recital and he would like go over and just like throw a balloon. And I- and I was so, I was like, Ace, if you want them to play with you, like, that's not how you get them to play with you. It was just, like, not a great parenting moment. But I don't want him to feel like he's a victim. I don't want him to feel like people, you know, I want him to understand the difference between somebody just having their own ideas mm-hmm. or, and that it's not, like, an injustice Because <laughs> both of us constantly feel... Like you, the, there is an injustice being done to us instead of just saying like, oh, okay, like um, these people, they, these girls don't want to play with me. But there's this really fun boy over here named Dash who really wants to play with me. I'm going to go play with him and I'll come back to you guys in a little bit. You know, he wanted nothing to do with Dash. He just, just wanted, wanted the people be, who are rejecting yes. him. But, you know, it's mm-hmm. it sounds like, yeah, he takes things personally. Yeah. When most of the world is not directing very personally, personally, yeah. So every time you read a story with, I mean, books are a phenomenal way to learn about the mind of other people, mm-hmm. and and asking him to tell the story of a book he likes through the lens of someone else mm-hmm. in the story, like not the protagonist, mm-hmm. so a side character, and just teaching him when it's non-defense, like it's not about him, because when he's 
talking about somebody being mean to him, he's not going to reasonably think right. about it. But if it's someone else understanding their perspective and practicing building that muscle, he'll get there. I do that with Jules. Actually, we have a story with Prince Ubi and the princesses Veronica, and there's a kid that's really not friendly and his name is Snarfle. <laughs> and I always, Rob made it up actually. And we tell it at night. And like, if Jules did something unfriendly, like I have Snarfle do it, mm-hmm. but I didn't even think to do it with Ace. That's such a great idea. Because he's older right. and you don't, th- but they still are new at this. It's right. just, he seems so much older because he's your oldest, yeah. but he's still just, a, you know, I know, a little thing. But I think that would, that's such a huge gift to not take things personally. Oh my God. If he could, if I could help him figure that out now, that would be like my biggest accomplishment, I think. <laughs> Um, speaking of big accomplishments, at the end, I don't know if I told you that I like to do this. No, you didn't. In, in my vast experience yeah. podcasting. <laughs> have you done with your kids a rose, thorn, and bud? No, but we have been to other dinners, like at families' houses, where they do that, and I should do that. Well, if you want to. but no, I, I know. I love that. I would love for you to think of a rose— a thorn and a bud parenting moment. They can be. It can be super small for each child. Nope. Just wait. What's the bud? I just the know about bud the rose is and the thorn. The, so <laughs> the, the rose is, like is the something positive. Yeah. The thorn is something negative, or just like a parenting fail moment. And the bud is something you're looking forward to. Okay. Which you can do with the kids if you do do this, because then you don't end on a downer. Right. I mean, I mean, I've had so many thorns, but. One was when I walked into Ace's school and it was the hundredth day of school and I had gotten the date wrong. Oh. And he didn't have his um hundred things. Hundred things. And I <laughs> wait, I have another. <laughs> this one's really crazy. There was this kid that was being mean to Ace at school. And he told him that he couldn't play basketball because he didn't have the right shoes. Oh boy. And wasn't good. And he was too small to play basketball. And I heard it, and I walked over to the kid. And I said to Ace, Ace, do you know who's coming for dinner this week? And he said, who? And I said, Blake Griffin. I don't know who that is, but he's it sounds a, like he's a famous person. He was a person. clipper at the time. Okay. <laughs> and Ace was like, I don't know Blake Griffin. And I was like, yeah, I, I know him. And he's coming <laughs> for dinner in front of the kid. <laughs> I looked at the kid, and I said, you know what happens to kids that are unfriendly? <laughs> And the kid said, you get told on. And I said, it's so much worse. Nobody wants to have you over to play, especially when Blake Griffin comes over. That was a really dark moment. And I, that was like, so we're really, that was a major thorn. I'm really working on that. Letting That's probably why Ace is Not taking things personally. (laughs) That was actually psychotic. But thank God Ace never even mentioned Blake Griffin coming over again because that was horrifying. Meanwhile, he told a hundred people. (laughs) My rose is that all three of my boys are really loving and sweet. And each of them individually, they're just like special people. And I know that obviously every parent thinks that, but I was a teacher. So I do have a little bit of experience. And I really do see them objectively and I'm proud of each of them and they have qualities that I really admire in each of them that, you know, I think that that it's just how they came out. And my bud is uh, (laughs) every day, just when I make a mistake, revisiting it with them and saying like, oh my gosh, that was such a crazy thing. Mommy was really tired or mommy was really cranky or, you know, I mean, sometimes they still look at me and they'll say like, why are you in such a bad mood. And I'll say, I'm not, you know, I'm not in a bad mood. I'm just really frustrated because of so, and so whatever's happening, you know, at that moment, that is something that I really want to work on. I love that you've gotten to a point where you're (laughs) super comfortable being like, so then I messed that up. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. That's so, I am comfortable. That's huge. (laughs) So thank you for coming on. Thank you. I love you so much. I love you. (laughs) And now for listener Q&A. Hi, Lisa. I want to ask more about what has been discussed a few times on your podcast regarding praise. My daughter is one, and I'm always giving enthusiastic well-dones with claps and smiles. I recognize what you said about how you were looking for applause when you started school, so that was too much. But why is a lot of praising so negative? It feels strange to me to hold back and not celebrate achievements daily. And at what age do I need to start holding back? Thank you for that question. And I'm actually really happy to clarify. 
Um, I did say that my mom did clap for me so much every time I did anything. So I went into preschool kind of turning around, waiting for applause all the time. That's true. So obviously that's one indicator. If your child is looking for um, a big, excited response, it means that they're looking for outside validation. And so that's when you know, oh, maybe I should hold back a little bit, let them see if they want to do this internally motivated experience or behavior. And that's a little bit of a way to gauge. And if your child isn't looking like I was for everybody to clap, then go ahead and give your enthusiastic responses. I think the best way to balance praise is to imagine if your child seems like they need it to pursue interest or to motivate, then it's time to pull back a bit. But if your child is self-motivated and just sometimes gets a little kick out of you feeling the same enjoyment, then go right ahead and support them. So I'm not saying to hold back. Certainly that first year, year and a half, you kind of do need to be extra enthusiastic to maybe get your little walker, toddler to take their first steps and things like that. It's really as your child gets older, you want to help them go from wanting to please you to wanting to please themselves. And it's a lot easier to please yourself if you're not looking outward for external praise and rewards. Hope that answers it and we can keep on talking about it. All right here. The next question says, my daughter's now wanting to close doors and open and close drawers, wherein lies a high risk of fingers getting trapped. We've saved our nose for serious things like this, but she seems intent on exploring. Should I let her explore? And if she knocks her hand, it's okay as no serious injury risk? Or is it better to start using nose more now that she's exploring and independent? walking quite well unaided. Thanks so much from one of your listeners in London. Well, that's a really good question. I think a lot of people struggle with that. And I would say, what are you comfortable with? Because it's definitely important when you have a little explorer to let them explore, but within the boundaries of a safe environment. So if you can make it so that you have reasonable safety in the environment at home, then you can sit back and you don't have to follow your child around and say, no, no, oh, let's go over there. Nope, don't touch that. And they'll be much more open to exploring, which is what we want. We want a curious explorer. And then if there's a little hit head or a little pinched finger, it might be painful, but it's probably, you're right, not going to be a huge injury worth stopping the exploration and they won't explore that again if it does, you know, tend to hurt them. And you can be right there, of course, if something serious is possible. But for the little wear and tear stuff, sometimes it really is best to let them explore. And if you can't redirect them to just let them learn on their own. Here's another question from London. I have a three-year-old and a 14-month-old daughter, and my three-year-old will do pretty well interacting with her little sister, but more often than not, she's not the nicest. She doesn't want to share. She'll snatch things out of her hand, hit or push her down. It's just very territorial with her things. Again, it's not always this way, but a lot of times. I've read different ways to handle this, explaining that it's not nice, that we need to share, and none of that seems to help. She'll say that she's sorry and she will share and then back at it again. Any advice on how to get my oldest to be a little kinder? Well, I think that is an age old question and it's very natural when you have a sibling, when you have to start sharing the precious resource of your toys and your parents to be a possessive older sibling and to be possessive of your things and your parents. So one thing to do is to try to stay out of it as much as you can while also kind of coaching both of your children through how to interact in a setting together. So you can speak on both of their behalfs and say, you know, Sally wants a turn with that duck. When you're finished with the duck, let's give Sally a turn with the duck. So you're saying turn-taking, it feels a little bit less threatening than sharing. And then once she gets a turn with the duck, you make sure to give it right back and say, 
oh, thank you. Now Sally can give you the duck back. Now I'm calling this random name <laughs> Sally. I know that's probably not your child's name, but let's just say that your 14-month-old is named Sally. Since she can't really speak on her own, you're helping her express like, thank you so much. I really liked playing with the duck. Oh, here. Now you can say, now Sally, give the duck back to your sister because she gave you a turn. Thank you. And so you're coaching them along. Also, when they're not hurting each other and everything's okay, even if they're a little bit unpleasant to each other, or if your older one snatches, you can stay out of it just to avoid becoming a judge where you're basically telling your older child they're mean all the time. So when there's nobody at risk of danger and your little one, this kid that I'm calling Sally, is totally content, if something gets snatched out of her hand, she'll be able to use her own voice to say she doesn't like it. And you can help her with that. So rather than reprimand your older child, teach Sally that she can say, no, thank you, or that she can take it back so that she has her own voice to use. And over time, when you do catch your older one being kind or giving a turn in any way, even if it's just the smallest thing, any attempt to give a turn or share, make sure that you say, wow, I noticed that you were sharing so nicely. That was so thoughtful. Thank you. So you're catching your child doing the kind thing instead of pointing out when she's not doing the kind thing. And it will get better and better over time. But remember, siblings will always be fighting over resources and that's natural. They just need to learn how to fight better. Next, we have... I'm a big fan of your podcast because you discuss real parenting issues. Thank you very much. If you don't mind, I have a question regarding my four-year-old son. He has severe food allergies requiring an EpiPen. Can you give some tips on how to help him become more autonomous in managing this condition as he enters kindergarten next year? He's aware of his allergies, but we're worried about how he's going to manage making his own choices. Well, thank you for your comments and for your question. I know it's really tough to have a child with a nut allergy or any severe food allergy because you are sending them out into the world really just hoping that nothing goes wrong. And I want to give you one thing to keep in mind. Kids who have severe food allergies are definitely the kids I would choose to have my kid hang out with in high school. They're the most responsible. They have learned from an early age how to manage their impulses and make choices that are keeping their bodies safe because they have to. So that's the good news. They really can learn and they learn because it's quite serious. And so one thing to do is role play all the different scenarios that you can come up with and how to respond. And you'll plan ahead with if there's a snack that's got something in it or that is, you know, of any question whatsoever, teaching your child how to go to their own snack bin and get their healthy, safe food. You'll talk about ideas about what they can do or what they can't do. And you'll prepare just like you would with any other topic going into school. It's just, this is much more serious for you. Now, remember the teachers are there to help and enlisting the other kids is also helpful, but giving your child a sense of responsibility that they just, if they have any questions whatsoever, no matter how yummy something looks, that it's not safe for them to put it in their bodies. And if they ever have any questions to ask their grown up or their teacher that's there. And over time, over the years, this is going to get easier and easier. And again, those kids are so responsible and have such good practice having great self-regulation and executive function skills because it's really high stakes for them. So good luck. And I know it's really tough. Next question. My three-year-old has unfortunately picked up the word stupid at school and is now using it whenever she can. Sometimes it's when she's angry or tired. Other times it seems like she's been slightly mischievous. I've tried explaining to her how it can upset someone after the fact, and we've discussed using alternative words. In one of her more reflective moments, she was telling me that the word can make someone feel sad. And without prompting her, we decided to flush the word down the toilet. But alas, she's still using it all the time. The only upside is that sometimes when she realizes that she said it, she follows it with the word 
wall to make it out like that's what she was calling stupid, like stupid wall. Please help. I'm on the verge of losing my cool each time she says it. In the meantime, I'll keep breathing. Well, I know stupid is really one of those irritating words because it's so obnoxious and just little three-year-olds, when they start to learn those things, it can start to feel like, oh my God, now they're going to just be saying these nasty things everywhere. So one thing to remember is they do learn some wonky things at school from other friends, but you could tell her it's okay to feel angry and it's okay to think something isn't making you happy and you can feel like it's stupid, but when you call someone stupid, it can really hurt them. And so come up with different words instead of stupid for her to say and ask her if she can think of them as well. Because when you enlist a three-year-old to make some choices alongside yours, they're going to really internalize that much better than if you just tell them what to do or say. Now, if she absolutely feels the need to say the word and then she feels bad about it, like you said, she had a moment where she was um, aware that it might hurt someone, then you can let her know. So what can you do to help a person feel better? And you can remind her of her really good idea, or maybe it was your really good idea to flush the word down the toilet. So maybe she's having a really hard time not using that word. So she's going to go flush it down the toilet. Or if you want, sometimes if a kid really needs to say a word, say you can write that word down. And of course, a three-year-old very rarely could write the word stupid, but they can chicken scratch something or scribble something, or they can come whisper to you that they want to use the word and you write it down for them. So they can keep a little book that has private words that are not for other people about their private feelings. And it's like a pre-journal and that's where they get to put those things. And then they can rip up those words and put them in the trash can or just put it in a drawer, but they cannot use that language with other people. And also sometimes if you give it too much attention and it's driving you too crazy, they sense that and they might start using it more. If that's the case, don't say anything. And you can just remind them, please let's think of another word. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and write a little review. Please keep sending your direct messages on at Raising Good Humans podcast on my Instagram. Thank you and have a great week.